This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Amen. All right. Ephesians chapter 3. I read this verse last week. Ephesians 3, verse 16, it says this, And I pray that he would unveil within you the ultimate resources, ultimate riches of his glory and his favor, until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. His divine might and explosive power. Matthew 18, 18 says this, I tell you the truth, whatever you, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So Paul is telling us that we need the explosive might and power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Come on, right? This is what we need, and we don't need it Sunday to Sunday, Okay? We need God's strength and power on the daily, okay? I promise you, you're going to need it on Thursday, right? Right? Thursday, man, it's a tough day. You're almost to Friday. You walk into work on Thursday. You're like, all right, how many more hours until the weekend, right? Okay? We need the explosive might and the power of the Holy Spirit to do what? To overcome, to overcome in this life, okay? And I got to tell you, so the other day, uh, it was Friday, me and Jess went on a date. Yes, in Jesus' name. We went to Home Depot. We went to Lowe's. We went to Target. We had no children. Oh, how life changes, okay? So it was an awesome, awesome day. And uh, we were out that day, and uh, we did have to do one thing for the church that day, so we had a Go to Costco, okay? Any Costco fans in the house who love some Costco, okay? I'm a big fan. I love all their selection and everything they have. And so we're at Costco, and we're getting some, we're getting the Chicago Mix popcorn for our leader meeting uh, after service, okay? It's cheddar and caramel popcorn mixed together. It's just like the glory of God, to be honest with you, okay? It's just his glory manifesting popcorn, okay? So we're getting popcorn, Okay? And we're at Costco, and how many of you know they have the samples, okay? We just got an amen, amen. Robert's a single guy right now. <laughs> not single, but not married yet. So those are, those are feeding you, aren't they? Yeah, it's like a meal, right? Now, for me, I don't typically like the samples because I'm the pickiest person on planet Earth, okay? And I just kind of look at it and glare like, you know what I mean? But the other day on Friday, I smelled something. I was like, man, that just smells like pancakes. Anybody pancake fan in the house? Like, ooh, come on. Listen, listen. I know that Denny's isn't the nicest place in the world, but some Denny's pancakes, come on. That'll change your life, okay? So I smell pancakes. And I see that they're giving out, like, samples of pancakes. So I walk by the pancakes, and I'm like, eh, I'm good. You know what I mean? So we go, we get our stuff. And so we're walking back by, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get me a sample. You know what I mean? I'm going to get me a sample, okay? So I walk up to, like, the sample thing, okay? And 
I guess I didn't understand that there's like a little section for the server person. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? They have like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, so I grow, I go to grab a sample of a pancake and this wise, mature, older woman smacked my hand, okay? <laughs> I mean, she backhand my hand. And I thought that Elevate Church was going to have to bail me out of jail because I was going to send her home to see Jesus at that moment, okay? All right? So the power of the Holy Spirit does what? It empowers us to overcome, amen? To overcome what? Ourselves, right? Our messed up selves, okay? And then Jesus said what? Jesus said this, that we get to choose what we agree with in life. What you forbid and what you agree with. Jesus says, you have to choose in life. So we're going to continue that. Last week, I talked about uh, I talked about five different things that you can agree with and five different things that you can't agree with. So today, we're going to talk about one thing, okay? Now, how many of you know this? That there are two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of God and that there is the kingdom of darkness, and we have to make a choice of what we are going to agree with in this life. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says this. It says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Right? Let the Holy Spirit empower you. This is what Paul was talking about in Ephesians. Let it empower you. Let it guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Right? Right? And can we just be real in here and just make this abundantly clear that, like, I still have a sinful nature. All of us have a sinful nature, okay? None of us are perfect in this house, okay? We all have a sinful nature, and that sinful nature wants something different. Verse 17, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is opposite of what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite from what the sinful nature desires. How many of you ever felt this before? Yeah? You feel this sometimes. And then it goes on and says this, and the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite than the sinful nature. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out good intentions. So the question is, what kingdom am I going to align my life with? What kingdom am I in agreement with? And so today we're going to talk about one area. I was planning on doing five, but the Lord just kind of keep me in on one today. So today, we're going to talk about, are we in agreement in faith or fear? Okay? Are we in agreement with faith, meaning that Jesus is for me, that he's a good father, he wants the best for me, that God is not angry with me, that God desires for me to live a victorious life. Amen? That that's his desire. Or am I going to agree with the kingdom of darkness that brings continuous fear, right? We all know what this feels like, all right? So Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, and we're going to go through verse 11. It says this, after Moses' death, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said this, my, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. It's Joshua's time, okay? And we have to understand why it's Joshua's time because 
Moses led the people out of captivity, but the key people found themselves in bondage again in the wilderness. Why? Because of lack of faith. The word says that they saw themselves as grasshoppers, as little ones, compared to what they believed were the giants in the land that God was giving them. God had spoken a word to them that I'm giving you a promised land, a land that's gonna flow with milk and honey, a land of provision, a land of blessing. But the reality is this, they had to go possess the land, okay? So God will speak things to us about our life and our future, but then he will commission you to go and take the land, right? Okay, so what happened? They did not take the land because of fear. And because of fear, God ultimately said to a generation, well, we're gonna have to wait for the next generation. So you guys are gonna have to wander in the wilderness and stay in the wilderness, and a generation's gonna have to die in the wilderness, and then I'm gonna have to raise up a new generation to take the land that will trust me, right? Because think about this generation that grew up in the wilderness, right? It's kind of painful. So pain will motivate us sometimes. Can I get an amen? And I believe the pain that this generation felt gave them faith to go, you know what? Let's trust God. It's better living in this wilderness. Amen? And so God raises up Joshua, okay? And he tells them, the servant said, therefore, a time has come for you to lead the people of Israel across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. Verse 3. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever, wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land that I'm giving you. Verse five, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses, Moses, and I will not fail you or abandon you. Everybody underline that in your Bible. Highlight that, underline that. That is a promise from God. We'll talk more about it. Verse six, be strong, courageous, for there is no one who will lead these people to possess the land that I swore to their ancestors and give them to you. Verse seven, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the instructions Moses gave you. Do not divert from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you'll be successful in all that you do, okay? You'll be successful in all that you do. Verse eight, study this book of instructions continuously. Meditate it on it day and night to make sure that you obey everything that is written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Listen, you can prosper and succeed outside of God, but there's only a measure, okay? There's, there's a lot you can do in yourself, but you will eventually get to the end of yourself and the end of your ability and the end of your strength and the end of what you possess, okay? So God says this, study my word only then, only then you will succeed in everything. Isn't it interesting that God desires for you to succeed in everything? He desires for your family to succeed, your kids to succeed, your business, your job, your finances. It doesn't matter what area of your life. He desires for you to succeed in everything in life and that he has a plan for everything under the sun. Amen? Okay, all right, verse nine, or verse 10. Then Joshua commanded the officials of Israel, go through the camp and tell the people to get ready with their possessions, get their possessions ready, in 
Three days we will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land that God is giving to you. Okay. Point number one today is this. If you're writing notes, I encourage you to write notes. I encourage you to write down what God speaks to you. Okay. Point number one is this. Will you lead or shrink when God calls on you? Will you lead or will you shrink when God calls on you to lead? Okay? God was calling Joshua to lead his people into the promise. Okay? And I think sometimes when we read the word of God, we have to put ourselves in a story. So if I'm reading the story and the Bible says that God had a promised land for Israel, that means this, that he has a promised land for us. That he has a place for us that there is more. Okay? Let me show you um, a couple pictures. Uh, first picture is, that's my son, Michael. Okay? I'm really excited in... Was it four weeks? Four weeks to turn to 15? Yeah? You don't know? It's your birthday, bro. It's your day. He's so mad I got his picture up there right now. But we're excited. Turning 15 soon. Now, uh, go next picture. That was Michael. <laughs> oh, back in the day. Look at those cheeks. Oh, those cheeks, okay? Next picture. Look at that. Look at that. That just makes me happy. So I remember when, um, go back to the second picture. I, I think this was around three or four, right around there. But I'll never forget Michael's fourth birthday. And um, We had about $45 to our name. It was a rough time of life. And um, he had seen uh, the little Tykes farm, you know, like the farm that every kid has, the little Tykes one at the store. And um, I remember I bought that farm because I was like, it's his birthday and he really won that farm. And I remember we had like these $15. Anybody ever been there before? Or just me? Okay. We were, we, were just, we were struggling. And we were struggling not on just that end, but we were struggling on a lot of ends. We were struggling of who we were. We were struggling in a young marriage we were struggling to grow. We were, we were just, it was, a, it was a rough, rough time. And so I remember, I remember God using some people and using some of these situations to challenge my life. And God was speaking to me that I have more. You may know what I'm talking about. When you're in place in life and you're like, all, all you can see is failure and destruction. And you can't see past your own mistakes. You can't see past the junk. And, and you can't even see that there is more. And so this is exactly 
what God is doing with Israel. He's going, listen, I want you to see that I have more for you. Okay? Now, when I say more, this place should erupt. Right? We should, we should erupt. We should be like, I mean, we should be like, holy cow, God has so much more for my marriage, my life, my finances. Thank you, Jesus. He's got more. Right? Right? This is what he's saying to Israel. I got more than this barren desert. I got more than this sand. Right? I have a land. And in this land, you will prosper. And you'll succeed. And you'll build homes. And you'll build cities. And you'll build community. And you'll build life. I have more for you. And so God comes to me. And he goes, Jeff, I have more than this. I have more than this. So God will use people, right? Remember our pastors came to us and they challenged us with the word of God. See, I think sometimes when God comes and he challenges you with the word of God or I say something that challenges you, you feel like, man, God's mad at me. No, he's not mad at you. He's not frustrated at you. He's not upset. He's just trying to show you, I have more for you. I have so much more for you. So he'll use people or pastors or a message, and he'll speak his truth into your life. But how many of you know this, okay? God will also use situations. I mean, our finances were a mess. Why was our finances a mess? Because I trusted fear more than I trusted God, right? Trusted fear more than I trusted God, okay? Our time, my time was a mess. I remember, honestly, I was playing like basketball literally like four or five times a week. So I wasn't putting my wife first. I wasn't putting my family first. My marriage was a mess because I was just selfish. I was just a selfish, selfish person, to be honest with you. I was having a hard time growing up. And so God will use what? God will use your mess, right? Because God gets blamed so often for things that he had nothing to do with. It's just our choices, right? So God didn't make me sign on the dotted line for that Jetta, right? Right? Like God didn't push me into the dealership. God didn't take my hand and go, yeah, son, um, yeah, sign your life away for the next six years for this $460 payment that you can't pay. But man, that car was pretty. And it went 183 miles per hour on a flat road in Texas. <laughs> it was cool, it had a turbo engine. Wasn't big enough for my family. But it was cool, right? It was cool until it got repossessed. But God will use it. God will use the moments. I had 
five. I don't know if you ever heard of these places called check in the cash. They'll give you like $600. And then you owe them your life or like a part of your body. You're like, put your hand out here, sir. We're going to take your hand. Right? I was in debt to five different ones. God will use it. God will use your bad marriage that you're selfish in. God will use your mess to show you, I have more. I know you got yourself in this spot, but it's okay because guess what? I'm really good at restoring and healing broken things. Can I get an amen? So God goes, I'll use it. So God comes to me, he goes, will you lead? Will you lead your family? I'll never forget the first time I read Joshua, like really read Joshua one. And God spoke to me, will you lead your family? Will you trust me as I lead you? Amen? Point number two is this. I will not fail or abandon you. Verse five, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. I will not fail you or abandon you. Um, put on the next picture. This is my middle son. This is Benny boy. Okay, he's in the back causing trouble, I'm sure right now. He's a good kid. But let me show you this picture, the next picture, okay? This next picture, this is really Ben, okay? okay. This was Encounter a couple weeks ago. Um, you know he's a church kid because he went and found a bunch of costumes, okay? And he put on a wig and he dressed up his brother and his friend. And then he took them all out by the side of the road. And they were waving at people and trying to get them to come into the church that night for Encounter, okay? All right, next picture, okay? This is, this, is, this is truly Ben, okay? This is truly Ben. So, so last Sunday, uh, we get done with church, and we have a quick turnaround. We have some stuff later in the afternoon. So we're, me and Ben are in the McDonald's drive-thru. We're getting some cheeseburgers. We're getting some nuggies in Jesus' name, okay? And, uh, and ben, ben sees this car in front of us, and they have two golden retrievers in it. And he goes, oh, my gosh, Dad, that's my life. And I promise you, that's what he said. He says, that's my life. And I was like, what? He goes, he goes I'm going to be wearing sunglasses. My two dogs are going to be wearing sunglasses. And he goes, Dad, I'm going to bring them to the church every day, and I don't care what you say, Dad, okay? This is Ben. Okay? So last year, we're signing up our boys uh, for school, and they were transitioning to a new school called Troy Christian. It's a wonderful school. It's like the closest thing that I've ever seen to a non-denominational Christian school. They're amazing. They give us 67% off each one of our kids as a pastoral discount. It's just a, such a blessing. It's incredible. And uh, Ben had already been signed up. We had already paid the enrollment fee. He had already met his teacher. Everything was going great. All three of our boys were going to go, and it, that's a big deal because we actually drive our boys about 40 minutes one way uh, every day to go to school. So them all going to the same school is a big deal. So literally two days before school, 
uh, we get a call from Troy Christian, one of the administration. They were like, hey, we just want to let you know. Uh, we were looking at Ben's records, and we see some school, you know, stuff. And, and I get that. Listen, like, like, like I'm not the most book smart person in the world, and I'm totally good with that. Okay, and neither is Ben, but Ben's going to be a rock star creative person, and he's going to rock this stage someday in Jesus' name. He's got a great call in his life. But they tell us, they're like, hey, um, he can't come to school this year. We can't help him um, school-wise. And this was like a devastating blow, and it might not be a big deal to you, but to us it was a huge deal. Because we're thinking about, like, man, we're going to have to split up our kids. They're going to have to go to different schools. And they're basically telling us that he's just not smart enough to go to the school at this time in this moment. And this is going to crush him. And it, it was just, it was a crazy time. And I remember, like, my dude, Ryan Wonderly is my dude, okay? And when I freak out, I call Ryan, okay? And if you need somebody to call when you're freaking out, call Ryan. And he hates me right now. But I call Ryan, Okay. Because I'm like, I'm like, I get on the phone, I'm like, Ryan, I'm going to sue this school, you know what I mean? And they're not, you know, they're telling me, I'm just freaking out, just freaking out. And I love Ryan, because Ryan's like, this is what Ryan always says, he goes, he goes, okay, okay, it's, it's okay, and that's what, it, and I can see his face, you know, in my mind, you know, and he's like, it's okay, he's like, he's always trying to walk me away from the edge of just chaos, you know what I mean? And I remember Ryan, he said to me, he said, listen, has God ever not been good to you and your family? And he just said, let's just pray. Let's just pray. And we just prayed that day. And I just remembered, it just, I felt the peace of God just roll over me. The peace of God just rolled over me. And within about five days, everything got turned around. Why? Because God won't fail you. God won't abandon you when we put our trust and hope in him, right? He knows what you need. He knows what your family needs. He's a good father. He cares about what you care about. He will not fail or abandon your life. Point number three is this. Be strong and courageous. Verse 9, God speaks to Joshua and says, this is my commandment. Did you hear that? Commandment. Not my request. This is my commandment to you, Joshua. To be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Somebody needs to hear that today. Do not be afraid. I know fear has been coming at you, but don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. How many of you deal with being discouraged sometimes? I know I do. Okay? The Lord says, don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What's interesting about this passage is God tells Joshua the same thing three different times. Right? Three times. Why? Because we're hard-headed. Right? How many times do you need to hear something over and over? How many times does God need to reassure you over and over? So God speaks the same thing to Joshua three times. Why does he speak it three times? Because this is the truth. 
Joshua has to go face the giants that Moses and the people of Israel didn't. Did you hear me? Joshua is going to have to go into the land that they were scared of the giants in the land, and he was going to have to face them. Okay? So what does God say? God says to you, I have more for your marriage. I have more for your finances. I have more for your kids. I have more for you to not be in unforgiveness. I have more grace. I have more peace. I have more, 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 more for you. But what does God say? You're going to have to go face your giants. Right? You're going to have to come face to face with your giants. What are giants? Like addiction. Right? Some of us have addictions. We put the addiction over God. Right? We, it, it is okay. Listen, I want, I want to say this. Everything I'm, I'm talking about right now, it's okay. It's all right. We're going to have to face unforgiveness. We talked about forgiving last week. We're going to have to learn how to walk in forgiveness, that it's not a moment of forgiveness. It's a continual walk day by day in forgiveness. We're going to have to learn to face the giant of, do I trust God or do I trust myself more? Right? This happens all the time. I'm going to have to face the giant of my bad marriage. I'm going to have to face it. I'm going to have to face the God, uh, no, the giant of self-help. Right? We are itchy-ear people. We're always looking for something that's going to bring the next wave of victory into our life. We have to face the giant of, I hate myself. Yeah? There's a lot of days I don't like myself. I have to face the giant of self-promotion or the giant of words of death or the giant of procrastination or the giant of drama, right? All my young ones in here, right? Like, there's a lot of drama at school. It's a giant. You got to figure out, are you going to agree with the giant of drama, Right? I'm going to have to face the giant of wrong friends. I'm going to have to face the giant of lost hope. And God says what? Be strong and courageous. And he says this, why? Because he wants to let you know something. When you go face the giant, you're not facing it alone. Because what was his promise? What was his command? If you'll be strong and courageous and face the giant, my promise to you then is that I will be with you wherever you go. Amen? So how do we face giants? In the morning, we go, God, I need the power of the Holy Spirit for today. Right? I need the power of the Holy Spirit today, God, to shut my mouth. Amen. Right? I need the power of the Holy Spirit to honor my spouse. God, I need you to be with me wherever I go so that I can find the victory that you have in store for me. Amen? God, lead me. Lead me into this victory that you have in store for me. Point number four, worship team, you guys come up, is this. Joshua 1, verse 10, Joshua then commanded 
the officials of Israel, go through the camp and tell the people to get their possessions ready. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready, okay? Say, get ready, okay? That was so weak. All right, here we go. One, two, three, look at your neighbor and say, get ready. There we go. Okay. Okay. When you walk in faith, okay, when you walk in faith, God will do the rest. Did you you hear that? When you walk in faith, God will do the rest. God's not asking you to do everything. He's just asking you to walk in faith. So the word says that we please God by what? By our faith. That's what he's looking for. Because faith communicates to God, I don't trust myself, I trust you. I don't trust what I see in the natural, right? Because that's the thing we're all really wrestling with, correct? Is the natural, the, the report from the doctor. It's the natural, right? We're wrestling with that unexpected bill. We're wrestling with a, you know, employer that maybe is frustrated with us. We're wrestling with, you know, disappointment. We're wrestling with things in the natural. And let me be honest with you, they're all real. They're all real. And I totally get it. I do not want to downplay whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling. I don't want to downplay any of that. But God goes, I have more. And Joshua, if you'll walk in faith, I'll do what you can do. So what happens? Six chapters later, Joshua 6, they get to what? Jericho, right? This is the city that they have to take over. These walls are huge. They're wide. They race chariots on top of it. They're fortified. There's giants. There's men. And God says, Joshua, if you'll just walk. And then God tells Joshua to do something just super crazy. He goes, just walk around the city and praise me. Just walk around the city and praise me. Just walk in faith and praise me. Just walk. This is what they do. They just walk. What is God showing us? Just walk with me. Walk in faith. Just walk in faith. Just do what I ask. See, where's the victory for Joshua? God spoke to Joshua. He then tells his people, get ready to go. In three days, we're leaving. We're going. He hears God, and then he obeys God. Amen. Whatever that was. He obeys God. Chapter 6, what happens? God speaks to him. Walk. What does Joshua do? He obeys God. And then what does God do? 
and they, they shout and the walls fall down and everybody's confused. They all kill each other. And God does what Joshua can't do, right? He will fill you with supernatural strength to do what you can't do on your own. He just needs you to walk in faith with him. Amen? Listen, the story of Elevate Church, okay, is 100% about just walking in faith. I had somebody come to me recently. They wanna, they wanna start a church. They said, I wanna meet with you. I wanna, I wanna hear your story. I said, I promise you, you don't wanna hear my story. And they were like, what are you talking about? They're like, you guys are doing really good. You're like really successful. I'm like, listen, I broke every church planting rule. If there is a book of rules about church planting, I broke every single one of them. And then they said this, they said, well, what did you do? I said, I just heard from Jesus. I just heard from the Holy Spirit. And I just did whatever the Holy Spirit wanted. And I just did what he wanted. And he's built something that I could have never built. Amen? Right? Because I just walked in faith. And I know it sounds so simple. And it's hard to grasp in our minds. But this is what God goes. He goes, you walk in faith, I'll do the rest. If you'll trust me, I'll do the rest. Amen? So, we as a church, we're taking another step of faith. Two weeks, we're going to two services, amen? Okay, because God wants to multiply, right? God's a multiplier. Because God has what? God always has more. God always has more. God always has more. God always has more. Amen? And so we're gonna trust in faith. And we're gonna step out in faith. And we're gonna walk in faith, just like we walked in faith to start this church, just like we walked in faith to, you know, get us into this building, we're gonna walk in faith. But I really, truly believe, the other, last Sunday, we sang this song, and we're about to do this song, God of the Revival. And I just felt God's grace on it. And I just felt like God said, this is for this house right now, this house, this time, revival. Revival of souls, revival of marriages, revival, revival, that God wants to do a work in this house through us to change this whole entire area. And I know that sometimes it's hard to see. Listen, it was hard to see when we had 30 people in the teen center that it was gonna be this someday. But there's a day and a time, this is gonna be 1,000, this is gonna be 2,000, this is going to be... And you know what? God's looking for people that will walk in faith. God's looking for a bunch of people that will walk in faith. Just like, just like God spoke to Joshua. God speaks to me, and then I speak to the people, and then what do we do? We go face the giants, and we take the land, and we walk into the land that God has promised us in Jesus' name. Amen? But did you see something? Joshua wasn't alone. He wasn't alone. He wasn't alone. There was a group of people that came around Joshua and said, yes, we will trust. Yes, we will believe. Yes, we will prepare. 
Yes, we will go forward. Yes, Joshua. Yes. 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 So we're going to sing this song because I want it to be a yes to God about God. We want revival here. God, we want to see you do a move that we can't do. We want to see you do something extraordinary that's beyond us. But we'll walk in faith, God. And we'll trust you in faith. Just stand up this morning and sing this with us. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.